Welcome to Centerpoint Church Podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. As our Dear Church series closes with the letter to Philadelphia, we have a few things to consider. What door has Jesus opened for you? Are you looking for it? And how will you respond when it is revealed? Hey, good morning. My name is Cy McMahon. I'm campus pastor here uh, in Hayward, and I'm super glad you've chosen to join us at Centerpoint Church. So whether you're joining us online or you've chosen to join us in person, thank you for being here. Thank you for being present uh, with us. It's going to be a really fun Sunday. So um, a lot to kind of get to uh, this morning, but I do have a couple of announcements that I want to hit first. Because if I don't do it right now, I will forget. What do we got? Discover Center Point. So we're doing a one. So Discover Center Point. This is how you get to uh, understand how can you engage at Center Point Church. How can you become a part of what God is doing in us and through us at Center Point? Generally, it's a three-week uh, class that goes over three Sundays. But on December fifth, we're doing a one night only from six p.m. to eight thirty. One night, all three of those weeks condensed into one glorious evening. And so if that works better for your schedule or your system of life, sign up at Next Steps to jump into Discover Center Point. It's going to be awesome. That's Tuesday night, December 5th. I hope that you will join us for that. If you haven't done Discover Center Point, this is for you. If you have done Discover Center Point, invite a friend, take them with you to Discover Center Point. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for signing up. Should be great. What's our next one? What do we got? Save the date. December 17th, it's our kids' uh, Christmas program. Everybody is welcome. You don't have to have a kid in, in the program to come and celebrate along with them. How, they, how we do that is different than maybe uh, you've seen other churches. The, the kids kind of run the whole show. So the kids from our zero through fifth grade uh, center point kids' room, they'll be greeting at the front door. They'll be providing refreshments and serving them. Uh, and then they will show us how they worship the Lord on a regular Sunday morning. So that's what that's all about. Save the date, December 17th, 3 o'clock p.m., right at this place here. So that's most of the announcements. Next week, I'll tell you this right now, next week we start a new series. You're going to want to be here to kick it off. It's December 3rd, right here at this place, 9.30 a.m., series is Christmas Lights. We're going to have a lot of fun kicking it off December 3rd. Plan to be here, invite a friend. Should be awesome. Okay, we're finishing up a series called Dear Church, and we've been in the book of Revelation. So Revelation is the very last book of the Bible, and uh, honestly, a lot of people just avoid it altogether because they get into it and they're like, What? doesn't make any sense. This is confusing. I don't understand it. Hey, let's skip somewhere else. Uh, and so we get that. It's hard, but we wanted to dive into a certain section of Revelation. It's where Jesus, through John, one of his apostles, 
wrote seven letters to seven ancient churches. And so this is the seventh letter we've made it. You have survived a series in the book of Revelation. Give yourselves a round of applause. Well played. That was pathetic. That was terrible. You are not very proud of yourselves. We can do better. If we clap later, I expect more. I doubt there'll be more clapping, but if there is... I expect better. Um, So we're finishing that up, and we've kind of run the gamut. There was a rhythm where Jesus would, would, would introduce himself to the church in a very specific way to each church. And then the next thing he would say is, here's what you're doing well. And they're like, oh, good, thanks, Jesus. Well, then the next thing that Jesus would say was, And here's where I find fault in you, or here is where you've fallen short, or here is something that you need to work on. And then Jesus finishes up the letter with, if you do this, if you fix the wrong, if you you walk away from the sin that you're chasing into, if you turn and repent, then this will be the reward. And most of the letters followed that rhythm. Jesus introduces himself. He says how the church is doing something well. He issues a warning about what they're doing wrong, and he shares the reward that they will get if they turn it around, if they fix the problem. And what we've been weaving through uh, during these last few weeks is, how does this impact the, the modern church, today's church? Do we see ourselves in the stories of any of these ancient churches? And I honestly, I have. I've seen, I've seen how we show up as the modern church in different ways in different parts of these letters. And so today I want and I hope and I pray that we continue that. Because today's the final letter. It's to the church in Philadelphia. And not, not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I mean, that'd just be awkward, Right? Like, not, not to them, there was a Philadelphia in what is today uh, ancient Turkey. And so we're going to read that. If you have a Bible, you can pull it out, open up to the very last book of the Bible, headed to chapter 3 of the book of Revelation. If you have a device and want to open that up, you're welcome to use your phone or tablet to read along with us. So it's chapter 3, starting in verse 7. This is what Jesus says. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not, But are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write them, write on them the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down 
out of heaven from my God, and I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, we have a good news, bad news situation here, right? The good news is this letter is basically a summation of the book of Revelation. So it's that stuff towards the end there, talking about the new, the new name and the new city coming out of heaven and my new name and all that stuff. That's later on in the book of Revelation. And it's all wrapped up in here. Uh, so the good news, that letter wraps it all up. The bad news, there, there's no way I'm going to get to all that stuff. Um, we're we're going to dive into a little section of this uh, because that's what, that's what I can hit from today. We'll have to get to that other part another time. The entire book of Revelation is interesting, uh, but I'm not going to be able to get to it. We're going to start at the beginning. Jesus makes some interesting comments. Uh, again, he, he introduces himself specifically for each of these letters he is writing, and each one of them played a role and like, specifically talked about um, who he was for them. And in this instant, Jesus is quoting out of uh, the book of Isaiah, almost word for word. So Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22 says this, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Jesus is just letting them know that that's him. He's the one. He's the one that God said that about, and there's so much power in that. So we're going to talk about open doors and what that means to what that means to us. Because we we can we can feel like sometimes that we aren't participating in the community necessarily. Because we come in here and there's a certain group of people that show up here and this and this is our our church. But the reality is that our church is is out there where we, where we do most of our, our work as a church is not here on a Sunday morning, but it's outside of the doors. And so this picture of an open door, uh, this picture of an open door is really, really interesting because um, it's something that we can lose sight of. So Shelley, sorry, this is out of order. There's a, the, the graphic of the church life cycle. Can you throw that up for me? So we, we've talked about this a little bit. This is a look at a, the church life cycle. And so on this side, on the left-hand side, this is a growing church. Uh, you're kind of launching. Uh, you're, you're, you're shooting up. And at the top is this idea of sustained health. And then down the other side, it's maintenance, preservation, life support, and then eventual death. One of the things we talked about is none of the churches these letters are written to still exist. They've all died. And this concept of the open door, there's a door that Jesus has been opened. He wants us to go through it. He wanted the church in Philadelphia to go through it, and he wants us to go through it. What he's referencing, can you throw that back up for me? Sorry, I'm long-winded. What he's talking about is when we're on the left-hand side of this, when we're launching, when we're growing, uh, when we're, we're looking at strategic growth, when we're focused on sustained health, we're looking outside the front door. When we start into maintenance, preservation, when we start going like, look at what we have, isn't it nice? 
What that means is we stop looking out the front door and we start looking at each other. And we ask somebody, will you please take care of me? Will you please set up programs that will serve me because I am important? And we lose track of what the intention is of the church in the first place. And Jesus has made it very clear. He is the purpose. That we would do everything that we can short of sin to make Christ known. That's the role of the church. That is the role of our church. And what makes us go to the dying side of the church life cycle faster than anything else is closing the front door. And what Jesus said, listen, what I have opened, no one can shut. What I shut, no one can open. So we can't ignore. We cannot ignore looking out of our doors for what God has put on our plate, for what God has asked us to do. Because it's vital. There's a quote that I, that I borrowed from, uh, it's from my um, commentary that I read from, exalting, uh, exalting Christ in Revelation. And it's a quote, it's from a guy named Oswald Smith. He's a Canadian. No cheers for Canadians, okay. <laughs> I tried, I tried, right, Canada? I'm sorry. Um, but here's what he says. Any church that is not seriously involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission has forfeited its biblical right to exist. That seems harsh. A little harsh, also true. The point of the church is the Great Commission The reason we exist is to storm out of our building into the open doors that Jesus has created through his spirit in our community. And that has to be a we thing. This has to be what we do because you have relationships with people that I will never know. This can't just be my job. It has to be our job as the church to storm through the doors that Jesus has opened in our communities, in our regions, so that we can make certain that his name is known. All of us have friends or relatives or acquaintances or coworkers or classmates who don't know Jesus, who are not following Jesus so that they're open doors. Those are open doors, those are opportunities for us to share this great gift of the gospel that we've been given. It's an easy story. It's a beautiful story of grace, mercy, and redemption, of restoration, reconciliation. Like it's a beautiful story. Let us not be afraid to share it. Now, there's a, there's a ton in this text that 
I wish I could get to. I just don't have time. Jesus talks about, um, he says, I'm coming to you soon. And last week, and if you, weren't, you haven't been here, if this is your first week with us, if you haven't been here, you can go back to our website, wearecenterpoint.com, click the watch button. You can watch the past weeks. Um, but last week, Jesus talked about uh, we're going to be persecuted for 10 days. There was this finite length of time, 10 days. And did he mean 10 literal days? We don't know. I haven't asked him. Probably won't. Um, but he did mean that there was some sort of a finite, it was a limited amount of time that we would suffer, that we would be persecuted. With this, he says, I'm coming soon. Um, Jesus is soon and our soon probably have vastly different definitions. Don't you think? Maybe. Gentlemen, where are we at in the room? Gentlemen, when your wife says, I'll be ready soon, what does she mean? We don't know. Right? And we all agree with that. Guys are nervously chuckling. Like we, we have no idea how long that means. Same. We don't know. It says he's coming soon. It, this was 2,000 years ago. I would have thought soon would have fit into 2,000 years. I'm wrong. Right? So we're not sure what that means. The reward here. It's interesting, it talks about being a pillar. Being a pillar in the temple. So this area uh, of, of Turkey, so it's present-day Turkey, this area of Turkey was known for violent earthquakes. And there was, a, there was a really massive earthquake in Turkey a few years ago, just devastating. Well, in 17 AD, this, this city was totally devastated, totally wiped out by an earthquake, wiped off the map, and Tiberius rebuilt the city. And the only thing that was standing in the city, that, again, this is another city that had a number of temples uh, to pagan gods. The only things that were still standing after the earthquakes were the pillars that were used to hold up the roofs of the temples. And so Jesus is talking specifically again to this people, an experience that they had had of where everything is devastated except for the pillars. That's what the reward was for those who would stay true, who would walk through the open doors that Jesus had made open. What's interesting for us is sometimes we're afraid to take these opportunities, right? We're nervous about taking these opportunities because who fears rejection? Now, all of us do, right? We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to feel like we've been um, kind of pushed aside, brushed aside. And so we, we want to avoid opportunities that could create uh, that for us, where we, have, we, we risk rejection. We don't want to even feel that. And so we won't step through those doors, but what Jesus said is the door that I have opened, no one can shut. So if he's opened it, it's our opportunity to keep walking through regardless of the human result. Now another piece of this is a little tidbit in here. Is it says that whatever he has shut, no one can open. 
right? Another thing that we fear, we fear rejection. We also fear making mistakes. What Jesus is saying here is like, hey, if I shut the door for you, you won't be able to go through it. I mean, you can bang your head against it. You can pound your fist on it. You can wear yourself out trying to get it open, but you're not going to be able to go through it. I've shut that door. I've closed off that opportunity. That was something we've learned as a church. We've, we've taken risks to try to send some missionaries uh, to an unreached people group in a country that has very few missionaries. And we spent a lot of time and effort with these folks only to have it kind of blow up in our face and not happen. And then we've, we've invested time and energy uh, into some people who we were hoping in the future were going to be, uh, possibly be campus pastors for the next campus uh, that we want to launch because well, this is what we want to do. This is who we are. We're a multi-site church. We want to launch the next campus. We're looking for the next thing. And so we were investing in people we thought were going to be that for us. And then it, then it didn't happen. It fell apart. And so human reason would tell us what? Stop trying. Stop, stop trying. But we, we believe this is a door that Jesus has opened for us. And just because there's been frustration or what felt like rejection or whatever it is that we've just because that's happened doesn't mean that we don't keep trying. This is the door that Jesus has opened, and maybe we just haven't hit the right timing yet. So we want to try again, and we want to try again, and we want to try again. Why? Because we're trying to develop something known as sending capacity. Sending capacity. So, sending capacity is us raising up leaders to be sent out into the next thing. Sometimes it's something that we're going to do as Centerpoint Church. Sometimes it's a Centerpoint Church thing. Sometimes it's something that's going to happen somewhere else in the country. But we're raising up leaders to participate, to be sent out into whatever God has next for our city, for our region, for our country, for our world. I love this quote. This is the mark. The mark of a great church is not in their seating capacity, but in their sending capacity. The goal of our church both campuses, is not just to fill the room. I promise it's really nice that you've come. I'm thankful you are here. It's really hard to preach to an empty room. I have done it. It's not that much fun. It's super challenging. So we value this opportunity, but the goal is not just to fill the room, the, the goal is for us to gather in a place, for us to preach the gospel 
of Jesus Christ, for us to respond to that gospel, surrender our lives to him, us spend some effort growing together to prepare ourselves to be sent. To prepare ourselves to go. For some of us, it's just to go back into our homes and share the gospel with those we live with. For some of us, it's to go into our schools and share the gospels with those there who don't yet follow Jesus. For others of us, it's to go into our workplaces and live out the gospel as an example to those people we work with who are not following Jesus. For some of us, it is to go and plant a church, to become a pastor, to become a missionary, to go to some place in the U.S. or beyond that is not today hearing the gospel. That's the opportunity we have to be sent, to walk through a door that Jesus has opened that no one can shut. This is a call. This is a letter. This to our church as much as it is to any. So here's what, here's what I want to do. I'm going to give us some some options on what we might be sent to. Or what might be our next step towards being sent. Does that make sense? What, what might a next step be towards being sent out? Because we're on a journey here, and not everybody in the room, not everybody who can hear my voice, your next step is not... Uh, to move off and become a missionary somewhere. That's not everybody's next step, but everybody does have a next step towards being sent. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to give us some options of what our next steps could be. And as you hear something that you're willing to do, all right, as you hear something that you're willing to do, I want you just to stand up. And it's going to be risky because you're going to stand up and you might be the only one standing and you're going to be like, everybody's looking at me and oh no, what do I do? You'll be okay. I promise you'll be okay. But I I want you to take a risk. If you hear something you're ready, you haven't done, that you're ready to take that as a next step, that as a next step towards being sent then just stand up. And when, I'm going to go through a few things. When I'm done going through my list, I'm going to pray for you and then give you a little, little to-do. Does that sound fair? Everybody understand the assignment? All right. Maybe your next step, next step is completing Discover Center Point. This is an easy one, friends. This is a high-reward, low-risk uh, Discover Centerpoint. If you haven't done Discover Centerpoint, the next one's December 5th. It's one night. It's a great investment of your time. Maybe this is your next step to go and complete Discover Centerpoint. If you haven't done it, go sign up. It's awesome. If you think this is your next step, stand up. Maybe your next step is to start serving. So maybe serving somewhere is your next step towards 
whatever your future is in leadership within the church, wherever your future is uh, at the next campus, whatever your future is in ministry or in missions or anywhere within the kingdom of God. Maybe it starts with serving in the local churches. If that's you, stand up. Maybe it's investing, starting to give. Maybe it's your next step towards surrendering your heart to Jesus is starting to financially invest in the local church and starting to give on a regular basis by starting a tithe. If that's you, if that's your next step, stand up with us. Maybe it's being part of a small group. Maybe it's jumping into a small group. Uh, Andy Stanley, he's a, he's a pastor uh, in Atlanta. He says, uh, we, we grow more in circles than we do in rows. So when we gather together in a small group, the likelihood of us growing is much better. So maybe for you, jumping into a small group or choosing to lead a small group is your next step, and you'll have an opportunity coming in January when we have a new study guide coming out with a new series. We're going to ask people to jump into small groups. Maybe that's your next step towards being sent. If that's you, stand up with us. Maybe for you, your next step is to join a discipleship class. So faith walking is a class that we offer. It's, uh, it's six modules. It's amazing. It's totally radically changed my life. How I pastor, how I'm a dad, how I'm a husband has changed everything about me. Maybe you need to sign up and take faith walking or real life discipleship training. That's something that happens at this campus every week. It happens at the Sioux Center campus. Also, real life discipleship training sets you up to know about walking with people who are far from Jesus intentionally. If that one of those things is your next step, please stand with us. Young people, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college students, listen up. If you feel like your call is to ministry, like you have a future in ministry, you have a future where you want to invest your life towards serving God for the rest of your life and you don't know where to start, you don't know what a next step looks like, let us help you. Start today, raise your hand, say yes to something today. There's a next step towards your future. So if you feel like your next step is to get into ministry, stand up with us. If you feel like you're called to be a missionary, to be in missions, uh, to go and invest a season of your life in the mission field, and you don't even know what the next step might look like or how does one even start a process like that, we want to help you figure that out. If that, you feel like, is your next step, please stand up with us. Now, I don't know if you can sense it or if you're afraid to look around, but you're not the only one standing. No one's standing by themselves. A lot of people have said, I have a next step. So I want to pray for you. And hey, those of you who are sitting, if you're the praying type, I have a simple thing for you to do. I just kind of want you to hold up a hand towards somebody who's close to you. Um, We're just going to pray. I'll pray out loud. Y'all can pray quietly. I want you to pray for everybody who chose uh, to stand right along with us. We're a community. Let's lift these people up who are willing to take a risk uh, this morning. 
Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your spirit that encouraged people in our midst to take a risk, to walk towards the door that you have opened. They've said yes to something. They've said yes to a next step in their life that is pointing them towards a more rich relationship with you. Lord, we celebrate how you've worked in their lives. We celebrate them saying yes and being willing to risk. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them every moment from here on out. Encourage them towards, through that next open door, through the next open door. Lord, sustain them in their walk, in their work. Sustain them as they struggle, as they fall down, as they fail. Lord, to get back up, to continue to follow you and your truth. Lord, thank you we have people in our church willing to risk for you willing to say yes for you and for your glory. God, we celebrate you. All God's people said, amen. You guys can have a seat. Those of you who are standing, those of you who are standing, I have one more assignment for you. Out of next steps, I have little slips of paper that say this. said, I said yes. So if you stood up and we just prayed for you, all I want you to do is head out to next steps after the service Just tell us what you said yes to so that we can help equip you. Is that fair? That feels fair, right? I want to help equip you. That was the point of that exercise um, so that you said yes, and we want to help you with your yes. So stop by Next Steps. uh, Fill this out. You can leave it at Next Steps, or you can throw it in the joy boxes. Um, But thank you for being willing to risk. Now, Oh, real quick, real quick. Um, what's the reward, right? We are uh, a what's in it for me culture. I am a what's in it for me culture. And so what's the reward? We talked about the rhythm of the letters and then Jesus always included a reward. And in this, it's no different, but the reward isn't as clear The reward maybe is a little bit muddled. It keeps talking about uh, the new name and the new city and the new new name of Jesus, and I don't know what's the reward. And the answer is, it's God. It's Him. Well, there's a quote I'm going to share. Sorry for all the quotes. These are really, really good. That's why I want to share. So the quote I'm going to share from David Platt. He's a pastor in Birmingham. So this we remember is the great reward of the gospel, God himself. When we risk our lives to run after Christ, we discover the safety that is only in his sovereignty, the security that is found only in his love, and the satisfaction that is found only in his presence. This is the eternally great reward, and we would be foolish to settle for anything less. He's our reward. The presence of God is our reward for walking through the door, for surrendering our life to follow him, his presence. That's the reward. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship on Sundays at 930.